podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another bonus international break Pro Plus episode with myself, Trev Denny and Dave Davis. And today's topic for discussion in this newly invented corner of the internet that we've made for ourselves where we just talk about stuff to do with Liverpool is the topic, Dave, of some big decisions that need to be made around about appointments of important personnel, um, specifically when it comes to our transfer structure, our co- uh, our scouting structure and all the rest of it. Um, it might be time and what you've dubbed the big decisions pod for FSG to start having a look around and making some big decisions. Do you want to set up for folks in a nutshell what it is we're going to chat about on this one? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have got a little niche going on here, aren't we? We'll call ourselves a loose men panel or something like that. Who knows? But yeah, in the regards to Liverpool, there's a there's a lot of question marks, isn't there, at the moment, Trev, in regards to off the field, behind the scenes, the structure. And smack bang in the middle of it is Big York Schmacker, isn't he? And his role as a transfer consultant. And those are his words, people. Not ours, not mine or Trev's. Literally his words, not sporting directors. So there's an absence of that. There's a bit of uncertainty as to who exactly is making the decisions with suggestions that Jurgen Klopp's power is at an all-time high, as it were. The transfer committee, the, the impact of statistical analysis, as you would say. There's the Edwards and Graham new company into the mix. So it seems, Trev, I think a perfect time, doesn't it, to talk about how we see things off the field in regards to the short-term, long-term. And like you said, the big changes we genuinely feel Liverpool need to make. And before people start with the all-investment and sell the club, you know, we, we can only work on the, the premise of what FSG are telling us that they're not looking for that at the moment. So let's see what we could potentially influence A. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go, man. Because one way or the other, you would imagine some of these um, things we're going to talk about will happen. Uh, and the whole will they, won't they um, investment thing or selling the club outright thing is completely out of everybody's control. Nobody has a clue what's going on there. Uh, and any of the previous rumours that had lads getting giddy proved to be um, either nonsense or n- non-starters. So um, I, I don't, I think you're right. I think it, it would be daft for us to try to factor that in because that just creates a whole a whole different paradigm um, of existence if there's, um, you know, all of a sudden infinity money involved in the club. Um, so we, we, we rightly park that, I think, because regardless, as I just said, 
something probably needs to happen because, and let's just let's just put a let's just maybe not put too much of a of a of a a, a soft approach on this. Let's maybe call a spade a spade here a little bit uh, because the transfer window is over now so people don't have to have their loyalties ramped up to 11 and we could i think say as we look back at what that transfer window was for us i think we can say if that was supposed to be a rebuild well that 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 didn't happen um uh, to be honest uh, we we have got a couple of wonderful new footballers um but the thing that we were supposed to be doing uh, got, became a bigger task with the uh, shipping out of two further midfielders. Uh, and th- then we did not address a very specific area of the team that needs addressing and uh, upon which Liverpool's success under Klopp was based, which was having a very dominant defensive midfielder. I think any talk, Dave, to the contrary, any talk which which begins with something like, do you think you know better than Klopp? Do you think you know better than FSG? I think any of that kind of talk, I don't want to, I don't want to be in any way confrontational, but I don't really have any time for that. I think what I'm saying there is, I think it's a fair assessment that that is, has, was not a successful window um, in terms of at least one key aspect that you would have expected uh, to occur. And probably on the whole, it's maybe almost improved a little bit by the fact that we made some money and shipped out uh, Henderson and Fabinho. Um, and I think that actually is sort of, in some ways, is is adding a couple of uh, points to the score for the window overall. So, I, I always get uneasy when that's part of your reckoning. Part of your reckoning for a transfer window for me, the main part should be who comes in. So is it unfair of me to dub the window overall uh, not half as successful as, 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 as it should have been, or at least a very, very qualified success? I think it's more than fair, Trev. I've got to be honest. And, and any sort of club at the moment, off the field, behind the scenes, whatever you wish to address it as, should be judged on the signings they make. Recruitment's, you know, front and centre of everything a a big club should do. There's no two ways about it. That that rebuild, as it it got, you know, the moniker, if you want to give it that, is incomplete, Trev. Literally, that if people are trying to sell it as, look at what we did for the, the midfield, and there's been some great additions, I am not doubting that for one minute, but from an analogy purpose, it's like literally going, oh, we've rebuilt the house. It's amazing. Look at the doors, you know, the vinyl finish, everything like that. It's like, yeah, lads, you forgot the windows type of thing. There's some big aspects missing. It is incomplete in simple terms. It, it really is. And I, I, similar to you, Trev, I don't subscribe to all this. You have to go to war on social media, so to, to speak. But I don't subscribe to the Kool-Aid of either party. To be honest, uh, you know, there is things that we should have done better. Yes, there's positives, but you are absolutely fair. As a rebuild, it is incomplete. Simple as that. So if we take that as a reasonably fair premise uh, and, and, and you know, not detracting anything from the lads that we got in, um, then you, you, you then some questions follow on. And the obvious question is that the man who was on point 
for uh, the recruitment this summer. The man who was uh, our a transfer guru for the summer is George Schmatke. And the story is, or a story that was put out there, was that he was receiving a three-month contract and what would happen would be that uh, himself and the club would review after three months and see what it was that we were going to do going forward. And just to set this up a little bit so that we can be absolutely clear, because I don't like... Uh, I don't want this to seem like we're spoofing. Like you said this earlier on. I think it's important to clarify. There was a really good article. I saw it in a, on a website called Training Ground Guru. And it was an interview with Schmatka. Um, people spoke about it at the time. But you know yourself, Dave, things get lost in, 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 the, uh, in the translation. And things often get lost in space and time. If, if, if any more than a, a day or a week has gone by, people just forget about stuff. This interview with Schmadke was very, very revealing. I'm just going to read out a few bits here just to tee us up before I ask you a very specific question, which is going to be, what, what do we do about George uh, or Jorg? Pardon me if I'm getting that wrong. He says, uh, I was aware of my position from the outset. I knew the job description and went for it. I accept and respect this British combination in general. And in the specific case with Jurgen Klopp as my superior, it's even easier for me. The name Klopp stands for itself. It's well known that things are a little different in England than in Germany. The coach, who is called the manager here, is the decision maker and determiner. And here we go with the key quote. So Jurgen Klopp is the pace setter in Liverpool. In principle, I am a service provider, the assistant for Jurgen, and the one who is responsible for the implementation of ideas and activities. That's the key quote, because that is telling you that George implements the ideas and the activities suggested by Jurgen Klopp. Now, in itself, that will have a lot of eyebrows getting raised because we have seen that when you have a division of that labor, um, it can be very, very successful if you have the right people in place. We have seen quite often when managers get elevated to such a position that they make all the, the decisions that it's very, very rare that that goes well. So with that in, in mind, with those quotes fresh in our brains, knowing this burgeoning Klopp power at the, at the club, um, knowing that Mike Gordon comes in when things get really squeaky bum time, like he did with Caicedo. What does that say about old Yorgi? Uh, knowing that we still got Hunter and Fallows involved, Spearman's knocking about, like I said, Billy Hogan. Uh, sorry, he was, it was who I meant to say got very involved. Um, with the the Caicedo uh, attempt. Again, what does that say for Mr. Schmadka and his position? So to get the ball rolling here, what's your gut feeling on keeping this guy in situ based on all of that little bubble of information? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. 
We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. All the, the, the evidence, the, the data, all the things that we're, we're seeing, we're hearing, Trev, lead me to genuinely believe, my honest opinion, that the sensible decision would be to take this break, end it, whatever it's called. As, as you know, Schmack has said, when the chance arises for a number, a multitude of reasons. And listen, the, the guy may be great with the knock-knock joke, as we hear type of thing, but this is elite-level football and Liverpool want to be at the top. So a transfer consultant role, like you say, a service provider, it sounds like he's giving Wi-Fi almost, doesn't it, in that interview? That That is not what we need, Trev. So that's the first sort of thing that, that rings alarm bells. You also mentioned a, you know, a great point there. Like You look at things like the Caicedo deal. I mean, as we were told, Billy Hogan kind of stepped in and, and did the, the finer details of that attempted signing, which rings alarm bells there. Why isn't York, you know, front and centre, as you mentioned before, to, to coin that phrase? As well, at the same time, the deals he's doing, the, the big two, McAllister and Zaboslai, and they're both good players. And I both love them as, as signings. But from a pure deal for a dollars and cents perspective, Trev, they were release clauses, weren't they? They were release clauses paid. So it's not like that's a, a master negotiation. There's nothing that we've seen in this window that suggests this guy gets a brilliant deal, you know, value or anything out the ordinary at all. So that's another kind of notch, as it were, so to speak. Also, like a few things you mentioned from the interview, which I think is brilliant to call out, not what he's used to in Germany, so it doesn't play to his strengths. I mean, we heard where when he came that from Aachen, Wolfsburg, all these clubs, he's a part of his skills with the manipulation of the media, that additional power almost being a, a personality, as it were, which is the exact opposite of what you're looking almost for your sporting director to be in England. And the cherry on the cake, Trev, like, we expected as you know, the expectations proven wrong, hasn't it? That when he came in, he would be front and centre around Melwood. And do you remember the photos and the pictures of pre-season where it was all he was amongst the squad, wasn't he? He was watching train and he was involved. So the natural assumptions were made, oh, I'll be in his office and all this. Oh no, Trev, he's waiting for the sun going down at Cafe Del Mar type of thing and nipping in and out where he needs to be. It's there's so many red flags. It's absolutely unreal. So I, I just cannot see a benefit. And even though the one, you know, I'm trying to look for a positive, but we want elite operators, don't we, at Liverpool? Elite operators. And for a guy who's done a different role at Aachen, Wolfsburg, clubs like that, when there's other people that I'd steer towards as well, it's a huge no from me. I can't think of any other way of saying it. Well, that's 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 gratifyingly definitive, I have to say. Fair play to you. Um, and just lest we be accused of not being completely accurate in the information, just again, a further quote about this three-month thing to, again, quote from the horse's mouth. Schmatke, when he was uh, asked about the three-month contract, says, no, that's not true. 
we agreed on a year of cooperation and agreed to see what would happen after three months. So it's the same thing. Uh, continues, he says, we sat, we sit, we sit down together, look each other in the eye and decide how to proceed. Both sides are so sovereign and serious that the question is then answered. Does it still make sense or not? It could be that we shake hands and part, he says. So just to clarify that, apparently, according to Schmatke, at least, there is an official or unofficial agreement for a year of cooperation. Now, what extent that might be, whether or not the level of that cooperation might change after this three-month period, uh, whether or not they may, exactly as he says, having set this three-month uh, little uh, deadline uh, to review and, and reflect, uh, whether they shake hands and part ways, uh, who, who knows? Uh, and certainly, I don't think, Dave, I don't think there would be too many people who would be banging the dustbin lids on the ground in protest uh, at the club cutting ties here because it does seem, and, and again, let's assess the evidence, can we? It does seem as if we really did, you know, pretty much cock up a major, major aspect of this much vaunted rebuild. We really did it appears, make a balls of that. And those pointing to um, Wataru Endo, I think might be doing a little bit of uh, too much service uh, to uh, the, 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 to that side of, 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 of any argument because Endo surely is the definition of a squad player as opposed to that dominant uh, starting figure that would be required, that probably is still very much required in this position. People will say, yeah, but McAllister and anyone who has any sense will say, yeah, but imagine if he was allowed to do what he's actually really, really far better at. So again, just on that, in terms of the success or otherwise of that window, how are you assessing it? What What is it that sticks in your crawl? I mean, you have gone through, you've gone through the various uh, um, uh, players and, 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 and you've quite rightly indicated that even the success of those is comparatively was comparatively easily attained. It's great that we were ahead of the curve for Sabazlai and McAllister. They're fantastic footballers who I, I love watching already and I can see them being firm favourites. It's not to denigrate the guy at all, but it's just to say, well, I mean, it's a straightforward, surely that's a straightforward process. And when it came to negotiations, with Ducure, for example, uh, certainly with Caicedo, where we seem to get a crazy idea that we would ever win a battle of, you know, uh, posing against Todd Bowley. It would seem to me that that was a glaring deficiency in that department. Is that the one that sticks out for you as the biggest reason that perhaps it might be wise to have that sit down with uh, Schmatka and lock eyes, as he says, and, uh, you know, shake hands and say, well, you can keep consulting for the next nine months, but you're done in this job. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair to say. It, it goes amongst a, almost, it was a plateau moment, so to speak. But yeah, when, when you stack up with the chips, so, you know, in, in that regard, that, 
I, I look at the players and I think McAllister and people will say that was a great signing. Well, being factual, all the information came out that Julian Ward had pretty much done that deal. That was all lined up. So we had that. We look at Zabozlai, who he looks a hell of a player, so you can, you know, level that. The, the cold facts that came out was that he wanted to play for Jurgen Klopp, as he said many times, and we paid the release clause in full for a great deal for us and Red Bulls. There's no master negotiation there. The Endo one, yes, like you say, I think it's a, a squad player in, in cold facts for me. We've yet to see anything different. And Gravenberg, again, one that the groundwork's been done for a long time. As we were told, it was Hunters and Fallows that were, you know, going to meet his parents in April time. So that's not really anything that, and again, it's like you said, it's not trying to denigrate the guy, but there's nothing there you can really stick as what I call a win in the Schmacker column. And what I come back to, Trev, again, is another big thing. This summer, a missed opportunity. I would have loved, loved to have heard that he's pushing Jurgen Klopp, saying we need defenders and all this, especially from a guy that's so media savvy. But I just keep coming back to it, Trevor. I'm struggling to put any wins in the column for him. And um, it sounds horrible, but I think a, a move around of personnel, a structure is needed. This is elite sport. This is Liverpool. Simple as that. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that brings us very neatly to the question of who that personnel might be. We'll get to that in a second. So if the separation of ways occurs with Schmatka, um, I know I heard a couple of people talking over the course of the summer about people who might possibly be available um, certainly one or two of the more favoured candidates have since taken up jobs elsewhere. Uh, what would you change, Dave, in terms of the structure uh, and the roles here? And maybe if you wouldn't mind, because I think an awful lot of people, they know the names, right? They know the names. Um, and, and, and some of them only started to know the names when the guys were leaving, um, like in the case of, 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 uh, of, of Ian Graham. Um, we'll come to Graham and Edwards later on because that's an interesting wrinkle. We'll come to maybe the specific personnel um, that you think might be suitable. But just in terms of the structure and the roles, what do you think needs to happen there? Um, and I assume this conversation is going to include... 
uh, Big Jurgen. Yeah, this almost feels like a, a manifesto I'm about to quote you almost, Trev, but we, we've got to get into it as simple as that. I mean, the first thing I would say, the, the crux of this is Liverpool historically had a very, very successful recruitment model that we know back a, a short while ago was the, the envy of all other clubs. And now we've moved so far away from that. It's the opposite. So the first thing for me is, we need to return to that old model, the holistic approach. I think as I've seen a few describe it, but very much go back to what got you success. And the first thing I'd say that's absolutely crucial in that, Trev, is you have to get a sporting director of real competency and real power. Those are the two things you actually have to do. And I'll steer away, like you said, for, from names because we'll, we'll come to that. But the first thing you have to do He's got a sporting director of real competency and real power. This is Liverpool. This is not any other team. We need to be looking at, you know, the best possible and thinking as successful as possible. So that's my first thing. The second big thing as well, Trev, is, and this, I, I love this man. Let's be absolutely clear on this. This is not a, a shadow cast against him anyway. I adore this guy. But a reduction in Jurgen Klopp's power and part of this is also linked to future-proofing Liverpool. Jurgen's not going to be around forever as we know Trev that contract of his itself is ticking down and it's become clear through Schmacker's comments and what we've seen that his power is the greatest it's ever been in all his time at Anfield and I don't think that is suiting us or necessarily him in the best way. I think if you go back to the old structure with a sporting director of real power, the analytics guy, Spearman and his people doing, you know, what they do, heard as a real voice in that regard, Hunter and Fallows at the same time. Yes, they, I need to be clear on this. It's not binary. This is not stripping Jurgen Klopp of everything. In that old model, Trev, when we were super successful, as we heard, we knew that Jurgen Klopp did have almost the the final say of certain players. And if, you know, if he was an ultimate, no, this player doesn't suit us. We know about the, the no dickheads rule, all that type of thing. He would veto. And I think that's important, but there needs to be a reduction in his powers and a sporting director of real power and real competency brought in. And I honestly think Jürgen's loyalty to the club. He understands how things work. Mike Gordon there again in, in an old role would work for everyone. That's my honest, strongly held belief. Is it fair then uh, to engage in speculation as to why Michael Edwards left, as to why Julian Ward left barely after barely a year um, in, in as successor to Edwards? Um, all I've ever heard that would suggest, you know, a reason for that is pure speculation and rumour. Um, some people deliver it in a strongly uh, felt way, a very vehement way that makes you think it's real, but I don't have any evidence of that at all. It just does seem odd, doesn't it, that two guys like that would leave so quickly back to back. It does speak to a situation where perhaps, you know, the rumour is that a lot of these guys felt that they weren't being taken seriously enough or, or valued enough. Um, 
we're probably not. It's probably not helpful to do too much speculation. But I, 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 I'm asking you the question because I can't think of a good reason. You, I, I, I love the point you made there about future-proofing the club, because regardless of our devotion to Jurgen Klopp, uh, our loyalty towards him as a man, and 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 wanting to see him stay as long as he wants to stay, um, it is a, a reality of life that there is going to be a, a Liverpool without Jurgen in the mid to short to mid-term future and it's important that the structure's there that we can kind of seamlessly appoint someone else wonderful and and, and continue the great um what i hope will be a period of success that uh Jürgen will have between now and the end of his time at, at anfield i think it's a really good point so it brings me back to that question um as to what 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 could possibly be the reason Ward leaving so quickly was mental. It was really mad. Um, Edwards leaving, I kind of get because he kind of proved himself. Everyone acknowledged him as the very best of what he did after initially deriding him as some sort of a, a dork with a laptop. Um, and, you know, he's going to come back around in a few minutes because he's got a whole new venture coming now. What do you think is was the reason why the change, the turnover of personnel was so great. Ian Graham as well. What, 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 do you have an inkling as to what that was about or why that might have happened? Get ready for a massive cop-out of an answer coming your way, Trev. Be <laughs> honest about this. There's a funny thing about, as you almost alluded to, facts and stats, isn't there, that people can twist them to suit their theory in wonderful different ways, can't they? That That's my honest premise and I, I, I like to look at facts and not try and interpret them in line with theories and I understand that people have almost filled the silence a little bit and said it's because they couldn't work with Klopp that's it you know dic- dictatorial all that okay that's fine where is your evidence of that and the, the funniest thing that you know really makes me laugh at times when people said it's so obvious you know the challenge back to you like as though you, you know you're stupid for not seeing it type of thing so I, I just like to work on the, the factual basis and not speculate too much. But for me, like you said, the the Edwards one, I do think he reached a saturation point. It's like, where, where's he going to go? And even if there was a bit of pushback or frustration about the relationship, Klopp's growing power, he'd been there a decade, like you said, in his leaving statement. He mentioned the geek with the laptop in the back room, didn't he, type of thing. And you know, new challenges. I, I can understand that. So that that is honestly what I believe. But I do feel there is a part there that, you know, with, with Jurgen Klopp's growing power, I understand that. But do we have definitive proof of that, as people love to tell you? We don't, Trev. And then the Ward one, an interesting one that, you know, after such a, a short time, this is what I do have a bit of truck with because, you know, he got promoted, he's worked through his... His levels as a lone pathways manager, you know, shadowing Michael Edwards to step into the big role. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, he wants to, you know, take a break. It, it's very strange, isn't it? And I understand all the speculation, but I, I can understand if there's a theory that, you know, Jurgen's power is all encompassing and he doesn't want to work in that anymore. He's not being listened to. I can understand that. And I get the theory, but I'm going to come back to it, Trev. There is no solid evidence. Possible, yes, but there's no evidence. So until I get that definitive to the contrary, I'll work at face value for now. 
I think that's absolutely correct on your part because uh, that was sneaky of me. I managed to throw the rumor out there and say that I couldn't find any evidence and put you on the spot and ask you if you agreed with the rumor. Uh, so it, it's it, it's exactly the right approach to take, man. And, and it's what we've tried to do uh, through all the shows that we've done together is here, here are the facts that we know. Uh, here's what we think might be happening, but it's what we think might be happening uh, and here's some wild speculation on top of it like a little cherry on the cake and it, it, it's all you can do and 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 if you i think once you're being clear that you, you this is we're now in the speculation realm that's fair game surely that's what this medium was made for i think now you alluded to it and i alluded to it uh in your picture of things going forward there's um someone with great amount of clout and hopefully tremendous amount of ability appointed as sporting director um that brings us to a question doesn't it very obvious question like who might that be um i know there was a couple of names getting thrown around on uh, the daily red by um young hendrick a couple of times Tim Stighton and the likes. Uh, and, you know, like I say, an awful lot of the people who might have been considered have no doubt found themselves gainfully employed at this point. Um, so I do wonder, do you, uh, this is not, this would not be my area at all. Uh, not only do I not really watch too much um, football outside of uh, the Premier League and Liverpool, I certainly don't keep uh, uh, spreadsheets like I know one or two of my chums do on uh, sporting directors and uh, uh, backroom staff. Uh, that's not a thing that tremendously interests me until it becomes relevant. And it's relevant now. So I'm wondering, what with your, I assume, extra bit of info on this, who do you think might be either capable of being approached or poached or appointed to that role? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one, this. And one name I'd, I just want to clarify, because we talked about it on the transfer show the other week, just gone, the familiar name of Julian Ward. Now, we talked about that at length. We gave, you know, full detail, full disclosure. And I've had so many messages, things said. Like, I also saw one of the fan site misquote, or no, let, let me change that. Not misquote, but in proper clickbait style, Trev, just put a snippet rather than the full commentary, shall we say. So I just want to be crystal clear on this. Again, you can, if you think I'm doubting what me and Trevor are saying, go and listen to the transfer pod. It's all there for you. But what we said clearly was Julian Ward, as we, you know, after we dig in, you know, we harass, we harangue, we're told, was involved with Liverpool for the last few weeks of the window, helping them out. As we said on the pod, clearly, that does not mean he's back like Voldemort. We don't even know if he's still there. He could be, he might not be. We genuinely do not know. But all we had was categorically, as we you know from a few people, he was back assisting Liverpool for the last few weeks of the window. What that exactly means, as we said on the pod, we don't fully know. But the reason I'm saying that name, Trev, is people will bring that up and say, that's the obvious one, go back to him as well. I wouldn't, Trev. I genuinely wouldn't. He would not be my port of call. What I would be saying, Trev, and I mean this categorically with everything, I would be saying to everyone at Liverpool Football Club, FSG, whoever it is, 
bring me the head, the body, the feet, the soul of Max Ebrill. Max Ebrill, the sporting manager at Red Bull Leipzig. There's so many reasons for this, Trev. I mean, look at Red Bull's track record of buying players, you know, taking them to the next level. And let's be honest, Trev, how many have we bought, as we know, you know, on the way up, like a Canate, Umpamecano, not that we bought them, but, you know, you can name so many names like Gavardiol, but the Red Bull model is legendary. We know the link that Liverpool have with Red Bull. Klopp loves it. I mean, look at the training ground specifically, the new one we've built. It's based on Red Bull's academy in Austria. That was the blueprint that Klopp's relationship allowed us to get, Trev. You look at just like Admiral's reputation as a developer of players, picking them, you know, get, getting value and selling them on for maximum value as well. is absolutely legendary. And too often, Liverpool are the third link in the chain, i.e., Red Bull is the second link by these young talents, these young stars from random places, develop them. And then as the third link in the chain, Liverpool play, or pay, sorry, top whack. Why not just take out a link in the train in the chain, Trev? Why not get Ebrill in doing his magic? And then why not be one of those clubs that even if we maybe buy and loan a few even or develop them, take a few gambles, this is the guy with a proven track record of it and there are other names like you mentioned I mean Steiden's at, at West Ham Kasicha's uh, pronounced at um, Frankfurt but a bit of a lack of pedigree potentially for me that's just a personal opinion for anyone jumps on that Max Ebrill head and shoulders is the man the name for me and I think we should be doing everything possible to get him now okay so Oddly enough, I have heard and I'm aware of Max Eberl. And I, from what I can recall, wasn't Leverkusen. I think it was Mönchengladbach that he was with as a sporting director and then moved to Leipzig. I think that's right. Uh, and I presume was pulling up trees at Mönchengladbach to have had this um, uh, reputation um, because unless I'm, again, mistaken, he's only at Leipzig since 2022. Um, now, I guess I have one question for you. What makes you think that they would be willing to part with this guy at this stage? Uh, and is it as simple as Liverpool FC? Yeah, and it almost sounds arrogant and people may accuse it of being that when, when I say it. And I should clarify, to be fair, I mean, he's done a great job. It's been a short time. But what, what I meant more was the, the Red Bull model rather than, you know, it's just him that, that's done all these players. Exactly as you said, Mönchengladbach is where he's done most of his work and, and notorious for. I think it was Jan last year. So it's, it's coming up for two years he's been in the job there. But you, you look at what he's done specifically. It's Liverpool, Trev. I mean that. And I think it's Jurgen Klopp. I think if it's sold in the right way of, listen, as I said, you're coming in because of your knowledge, your ability, you will be given real power. And this is a long-term thing with you, Max Ebrill, after Jurgen Klopp's gone. And you know how these things can work, Trev. We've seen it in football history once that 
Wenger, Fergie disappear. There's a big gaping chasm in those clubs. This is a guy for me that if you sell it to him and do it in the right way, helps fill that void big style. I think if it's sold in the right way, it's Liverpool. It's doable. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I, 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 the first uh, article that, that I, I, I see when I search for this guy's name, uh, it says, Max Eberl, the, guy, the man who turns folds into thoroughbreds and goes on to list uh, players uh, who he has uh, seen through, including Marco Royce and Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, amongst others, um, Granite Jack, I don't know if you could ever call him a thoroughbred. But anyway, that's the reputation he has uh, based on um, some very tangible evidence in terms of of, of, of um, that player development thing. And it's it's very interesting. Um, and I, I like where you're going with that. Um, and especially that kind of synthesis, fusion, whatever it would be uh, with a model that he operates in currently that that, that is more than acceptable uh actually admired by our current manager yeah uh, that's 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 very interesting that is very interesting and look uh, you're right by the way you i i should have acknowledged that it's uh sort of um uh, quite arrogant to assume that uh it's because liverpool but you know also real world it is because it's liverpool it would be because it's liverpool it would be because he'd be working with jürgen klopp for a few years and all the uh the, you know the 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 incredible setup that that would come with moving to Liverpool Football Club. However, you would imagine that that structure would have to be very bloody clear and that that might be where the real rebuild uh, needs to happen in the club. There is a way in which we could uh, keep these links to the past. You mentioned the stories about Ward being involved. Um who knows where that might go. But also, we now know that Graham and Edwards have set up their own shop. And... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Apparently, are looking to consult not only with football anymore, but possibly with other sports as well. Uh, and given the reputation of both men, you'd imagine they'll be highly sought after. Would it make sense? That, you know, they always say never go back. But if you're looking for 
you know, the the cream of the crop. Unfortunately, we've let them go or they've left for their own reasons from our own back offices. But would you go back and 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 invest some sweet FSG dollars into uh, getting Graham and Edwards back in a, a consultancy uh, sort of manner? Is that would that be something that would make sense for the club to do? Do you think? It's a weird one, this, isn't it? It's like the, the getting the band back together type of mean here and it all gifts, Trev. It's just such a weird one. I mean, look at the facts of what we know. And it almost came from nowhere, didn't it? That Ornstein article that Ian Graham sent up, set up, sorry, his own firm, Ludo Nautics, I think it's called, if I'm right. And that Michael Edwards will serve as almost an advisor, non-executive director. And part of their aim is from their expertise, their experience within the football industry, giving advice to, to clubs specifically on how to get their recruitment right, especially an interesting one, multi-club models as well. Now, I hate to be the party pooper, but this is Liverpool and you've got, you know, it's got to be absolutely right. I just don't see it, Trev, for a couple of reasons. The history that, that he's had there, that it would feel like going back. And they always say in football, never go back, don't they? And, you know, the club's moved on in that regard. Additionally, it is Liverpool. So you want people who are 100% absolutely focused on the club and everything in there in that regard. And I remember just, you might remember when it was said like, well, we we're losing the geeks. Let's get better geeks type of thing was the old quote, wasn't it? At the, the time with all this. So because they're going to be focused on almost a consultancy style role, their full focus cannot possibly be on Liverpool, which is absolutely what we need if we want to be an elite club right at the top. So I know the heart for many will be saying, like, let's get the band back together. It'll be perfect. But the smart money in the head says, those times are done. This isn't going to happen. Edwards and Graham, names of the past, I'm afraid. Yeah, I, it probably makes sense. Unless there was a specific sort of deal or arrangement that they might be very useful to us in and there were those kind of bridges not completely burnt, um, some goodwill left, whatever. Uh, but again, <laughs> until we find out the reason why uh, said chaps all left uh, in one sort of um, quick period, uh, we'll never really understand whether the goodwill remains or not. Uh, that, I've, I, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm kind of bit, a little bit... Um, energized by the idea of this shake-up and the rebuild we weren't expecting. Um, but there are a couple of other big things that need to get sorted out. And, we, you know, you've called this show the Big Decisions uh, podcast. And, and, and on the table also are other big calls, uh, financial calls um, on, in one way. And squad strength uh, calls in another way and our capacity to win the big trophies in another way. And of course, that's all around contracts and contract dealings. 
and the time left on those contracts and when those arrangements need to get made and avoiding a scenario where we have incredibly wonderfully talented footballers walking away for nothing, which turned into a bit of a Liverpool trait um, for a while. So why don't you set that up for us? Because I know you've thought more about this than I have. And we might go through then after you have uh, the guys who are really in, in the hot seat in terms of we need to move on these situations. Yeah, they they say in football, especially on the transfer market, that two years or less on the contract is that golden period, isn't it? It's sell or renew or decision make a decision time really Trev you know and it's pretty right because especially when you look at Liverpool's history Christ in the the recent years how many players have we let go without a fee it just seems criminal that we've not done you know the the business decisions you know and that that's probably where the talk of too loyal has been levelled against Jurgen Klopp I think realistically that's the kind of root cause those contract dealings I think comes down to it so if you actually look at Liverpool's squad, and it, it might be familiar to some of you, maybe not for, for everyone, but there's a good number of players that have got a year left to go or are into this two-year period, as it, as it's talked about. And probably one to, to say, even mentioned, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but we've seen it, haven't we, in the last few days, Trev, that Kostas Simikas is set to be offered a, an extension to a contract, I think, as we'd said many times in our transfer pods, we probably accepted, uh, expected him sorry, to have departed Anfield this summer. But very much, very much, this feels like asset protection. Not that he's going to become a first choice or anything like that by any means, but it's asset protection while he's back up for Andy Robertson. And there's actually a, a smart business move, so to speak, if it's on the, the right terms in that aspect. So, yeah, there needs to be some very calculated decisions for players with a year or just under two years left to go on their contracts. No doubt about that. Well, the ones you've highlighted here with a year to go on their contract, they all seem like they'll be comparatively um, straightforward uh, decisions or do they? There's certainly one I don't think is straightforward uh, at all. Um Two of them, I think, are comparatively straightforward. So the, the, the three players you've highlighted with a year to go on their contract are Thiago, uh, Joel Matip and Adrian. Now, Adrian is probably very lucky to be picking up wages at the club still anyway. I don't see a situation where his contract gets extended again. Um, so that one to me seems fairly straightforward. And I'm just going to give my take on these real quick and then I want to get yours. Um, Tiago, if we get some minutes out of him this year, I'm sure would like to go and retire somewhere warm. I, 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 I would love to see Tiago at the club until he stops playing football. That's how much uh, I love this guy as a footballer. I'd take any few minutes we could see from him um, if he was happy. Um, but I, I think that'll be a comparatively straightforward while your contract's up now. So, you know, off you go, shake hands. And that will be a situation where, you know, we paid whatever we paid for Thiago at the time, 30 odd million, I think it was. Uh, that will be one of those situations that we were just talking about um, where, you know, unless th there's there's um, Saudi interest and he has an interest, uh, we might do well. There, there won't be there won't be a feed to speak of. 
And then obviously because contract up and all that. And then there's Joel Matip. Uh, this is the tricky one for me because Joel has the potential to be a decent performer for us for a couple of years yet. But then again, an awful lot of people would say, look, we just need to be recruiting and we should already have recruited uh, some young um, center halves of high quality. And it's the t- it would be the time for Joel to move. So that trio What's your take on those? Because they are the ones that are right in the firing line now with a year to go. And we're looking at that situation of fellas walking away and getting no transfer fees for them. Yeah, it's a, it's easy for some. It's a heavy heart for others. But it's a clean, it's, I have to be honest, Trev, it's a clean sweep of the board for me. But Adrian, you know, especially the fact he didn't even get in that Europa squad. It just seems lunacy that it was renewed, wasn't it? He's the best-paid season ticket holder at Anfield, almost. Just utter lunacy. So there's your first one. You can get a homegrown keeper in his third choice or a youngster, whatever. Done. Thiago, again, what a player on his day. He's just an absolute magician. He really is. He's incredible to watch when he's on it as well. But the smart money, you have to look and, you know, head over heart. He averages because of his injuries, sort of minutes wise, 20 to 21 games a season. He's one of the top earners in the squad. You know, there's talk he, just behind Mo Salah, literally, and Virgil. It doesn't make sense to be paying that type of money for a player that, that contributes the amount of minutes he does. And it, and it works against him. His injuries are building, he's getting older. It's, it's a lovely time for me with a heavy heart, but to part way so Thiago goes and there's a nice ceremony at the end of the season Matip yeah Joel Matip it's an interesting one and I understand people going oh you know the, the easy maintenance all that type of thing but for me again an injury history Trev again free going out I get that but he didn't actually cost us anything when he came in he was a freebie from Schalke as well so We've had great service in that regard. As I said on the other pod to you as well, I really think a big part of success for the um, the defence, sorry, comes in two parts. Number one, it'd be brilliant for the club if Joe Gomez is clear third choice centre-half ahead of him by the end of the season. I think that's a benefit to everyone, I really do. And the other big thing, which we've called out a number of times, Trev, next season, fast forward to next season, the defensive rebuild is as big as the midfield rebuild of this summer. It really is. And I think it starts with Joel Matip, for me, departing and getting some young, talented players, especially one that can you know, play on the, the left side, as we said. So it is with a heavy heart, but it's a clean sweep out the door for me, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't argue with any of that logic. And it was pretty much where I think I had landed when I was giving my take as well. Um, uh, yeah, and, and you look, you, there'd be guys you'd you'd be, as you say, little little tear in the eye as they leave because you know all decent fellas and have contributed in their own way um, to different levels. Now the guys who have two years left to go, this is where the conversation gets uh, pretty spicy because. The trio that you've highlighted here that are on two years of their contract um, are Trent, Virgil and Mo Salah. Now, (laughs) obviously, 
I don't know about you, but not only do you extend Trent's contract, you make sure that Trent never goes anywhere. You golden handcuffs him. He's he's Liverpool through and through, and you know is 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 occasionally wearing the armband these days. And depending on how long Virgil's continued presence in the team lasts, will eventually be the guy who wears it all the time. Um, I don't see any way other than throwing all the money at Trent. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, again, why would he want to go anywhere else at this stage unless something happened in terms of a drastic fall off in his physical prowess or uh, injury uh, susceptibility? In which case, he might start to think about doing something else. But again, Virgil van Dijk, I think he can make whatever adjustments he needs to make uh, to be excellent, Um, even if there is perhaps a pace issue or whatever. I think he'll be able to work around that and still be a wonderful, wonderful presence for us. So for me, of course, you extend Virgil van Dijk. And Mo Salah, I never want Mo Salah to leave the club, but I think we both are very aware, having done specifically even a show about it, uh, that there's a very real temptation on the horizon for Mo. So that will absolutely colour everything in that regard. And that's a that's a wild card in that situation. It is the ultimate no-brainer if there wasn't that Saudi uh, potential and, 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 and appeal uh, for the player. So to me, if the other ones were easy, in a way, these are equally easy. Do you agree with that? This is interesting, isn't it? For some, absolutely. Like you said, Trent, the vice captain, the local lad, the West Derby bum player, get that renewed. Get that renewed. That's a good news story. Everyone's happy. Yeah, I just can't say anything. Get that renewed. Get an extension. Get him locked down. Simple as that. First thing. That almost is a this is a Salah one. I say he's, he is my favourite player. I absolutely adore this guy. Watching him, I really do. You know, just done it for so long at the absolute peak. You know, scoring, creating everything. You know, an absolute talisman for Liverpool, a genius of a player, world-class in every regard. This, I get the feeling that come next summer, and I almost hate saying this, but we've got to be honest, I think you have a sit-down with him, and that's what I'm saying, have a sit-down and a chat, because I think we know where this is going, don't we, Trevor, in that regard, that if he does show any signs for any reason that, you know, I don't want to move, I want to finish my career at Liverpool... We get something going in that regard. I'm absolutely clear on that. However, my head is telling me that is not the case of what is coming this summer. And I don't want to talk about that too much because otherwise I'll just start being able, you know, being unable to speak, as it were. So, yeah, if, if there is any inkling, we do things. But I think we both know where that's going. Virgil's a fascinating one, Trev. And I think this is a big season in one regard for Virgil because he's got the captain's armband now. He is Liverpool's leader. He is 32. He is on whack-off money. He's one of our top earners, pretty much as we understand, just below Mo. It was not a good season 
last year for Virgil van Dijk. We have to be completely honest and clear on that. It's been a decent start. I know everyone's going to shout now, what about the sending off? And I get that, but there's been promising signs. But it's a big season for me to see how he does. And almost you make judgments based on what you see. Cold, hard facts at the end of the season. If he really shines and is good, we talk to him about the renewal and possibly maybe on, you know, same reduced money. That's a difficult conversation to have. I know people are going to be shouting that, but if he does the business this season, there we go. If he doesn't necessarily do the business this season, I'm not saying we you know, kick him out, that type of thing, but we need to maybe rethink about the level, the calibre we're bringing our, in in our defence. And I, I know it almost sounds like a cop-out, Trev, but for me, this season is a big one for watching what Virgil van Dijk does and that then makes a decision. It's not automatically into renewal for me. I, I have to be cold and hard logic around this. I need to see how he does this campaign. <laughs> I knew we'd come to a point of uh, friendly discord uh, at some stage in this conversation. And that, that's very much it there at the end. Yeah, for, I, I look, I, and I totally see the logic in what you're saying. Uh, just for me, it would be it would be an emotional decision that I want Virgil to be there uh, doing Virgil things for as long as possible. And I, I have faith that there is an evolution, that that thing you're talking about, that that season that we need from him may well happen. And um, it's very much the same with Andy Robertson in terms of his uh, continued presence in the first team as well. And I, I kind of feel both of those guys have it in them. So I'm hoping that, you know, uh, that will be enough uh, to ensure whatever um little extension short or long or whatever uh, that would convince Virgil to stay and would be good sense for us at the same time as well. Like you say, it's an absolute must that we address the uh, defence in terms of young uh, up-and-comers uh, and, you know, almost ready to plug and play as well in a couple of cases. That's absolutely a necessity. Uh, and I hope uh, that whoever to go back full circle to the start of our conversation comes in, um, if someone does, in Schmatka's place is on that job immediately, as well as the defensive midfielder, which clearly we've wanted and coveted for a long time now. We're nearly at the end, Dave. Um, to say that they are big areas that need addressing is an understatement, and that obviously is the theme of this particular show. But is there anything else that's jumping out at you in terms of any other big decisions that need to get made um, in the short term that could have a really big knock-on effect for the club? The only two things that, that really spring to my mind, Trev, is if, if you remember there was that old quote, quote when we were successful that Liverpool are already planning two to three transfer windows ahead. I think it's quite clear that is not the case at the moment. However you want to twist the, the facts, the theories, it clearly does not seem to be that way. So the first thing is we have to get back to that model of future-proofing and looking ahead. And like I said, get it done as fast as possible. The longer it lingers with this whole schmacker, will he stay, won't he stay? Either way, it's not healthy for anyone. It doesn't ignite any belief in that regard. And then the second thing, and I know this is almost a loose topic and people will be screaming as I say this, investment, FSG, 
you're either doing it or you're not, be it minority, be it a structural partner, as we've heard, like that. It either needs to be clear by the start of next season that, or to next season transfer window, that investment is an absolute no-no, or we start moving forward. And I know that's such a wide topic and a cop-out answer, as some people say, but it's one of those topics. We can't just keep talking about investment year in, year out. There is options, there is out there. Make it happen or don't. And, and I don't want to turn this into a get them out type of pod because I know what would be mine if they or my take if they did not get investment. But we need some further clarity on that and quickly. Oh, <laughs> that's a nice little grenade that you rolled in quietly under the table just as you're heading off. Uh, I like that. And of course, I can see that being uh, perhaps the focus of a chat between you and I in the not too distant future um, based on whether or not things start to happen along the lines uh, that we've been outlining today. Uh, very uh, engaging uh, chat as usual, Dave. Um, I think we can wrap it up safely there. I kind of already have said, do you have any last words or any last thoughts? But just to wrap it up, uh, uh, let me just say, if, if there was one thing to prioritize, is it that thing that you just said? Is it is it the most important thing now in terms of, to use your phrase that you've used correctly, future-proofing the club? Is it disappointment of a guy with a lot of a lot of clout and a lot of ability to start coming in and calling shots around recruitment? Yeah, if you start if you start doing that, if you get that right person in, go back to that structure. On limited funds, as we've seen before, apparently, however you want to describe it, we can make magic happen, Trev. Go back to the old magic. Simple as that. Well, Dave and I will be back with you very soon to try and make magic happen yet again. Uh, we don't know what the topic will be, but as long as this international nonsense goes on, we will seek to keep you entertained uh, with chats of a Liverpool bent. So from me, Trev Downey, from Dave Davis, this was another one of these bonus international podcasts in the Pro Plus format. And we'll speak to you no doubt very, very soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.